are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Welcome to another episode of Call for Karen's The Empowerment Hour. My name is Michelle Bolden, and I will be your guide as we journey through caregiving together. The Empowerment Hour will bring inspiration, education, and resources to our audience of family caregivers. The tangible information provided can be applied immediately after listening to the podcast. This month, we are celebrating mothers, women. And so today's episode is part one of two of our I'll Always Love My Mama series. As women, parents, mentors, leaders, we often like to plan. We plan the schedule for the day, the vacation for next year, spring cleaning, but we don't seem to want to plan for when we are aging, reduce abilities, increasing chances of chronic illnesses, an acute life-changing event that may result in needing or being a caregiver, and then it's in financial impact. Um, A 2021 out-of-pocket cost study by ARP showed 78% of caregivers paid an average of $7,242 annually on out-of-pocket costs related to caregiving. 26% of caregivers experience a financial strain of using a quarter of their income on caregiver expenses. 67% of caregivers have made at least one personal sacrifice due to the cost of caregiving. And 24% cut back on their own health care. Our guest today will share her caregiver journey, her experience with some of these challenges as a working caregiver, and how she guides caregivers now to plan and reduce financial strains. I'm excited to welcome our guest today, Monica Brown, who will share her caregiver journey. Welcome, Monica. Thank you, Michelle. Very excited to be here. This is wonderful. Yes. Great, great. So let's start by um, having you share your background and your current work. Certainly. Well, um, you spoke about the financial journey. So I am a 26-year career financial professional. Mm -hmm. Um, Total exposure in the financial professional field would be 30 years. But for 26 years, I was in corporate America doing just about everything you could think about in banking. It's where I started. Uh, My first job, real job, was banking. And so I kind of grew up in the banking and just learning about financial concepts, which turned out to be very useful for me in this caregiver journey. Um, I actually decided to retire from banking at 48 years old. So I learned a lot. It worked. It allowed me to retire early and Mm -hmm. then go into my own business. And so I do have my own business It's Monica Brown Group, and it's a a subsidy of my experiences as a caretaker. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that. But right now, I do help others um, relative to their financial planning and making sure that they are financially healthy. And that there's a special piece to that as it relates to the caregiver journey. Okay, yeah, I'm excited to hear about that and how you're going to share that information. So 
So let's talk more about your caregiver journey. Um, so if you could start with who, who's the care rep recipient? Um, what was your role? Were you the primary caregiver? Were you long distance, part-time? Um, okay. How did it begin? And then how is it going now? Well, uh, the care recipient is my mama. Yes, that's who the care recipient is. And my journey with the care for my mom started about 10 years ago. Um, I have lived apart from my mom for pretty much you know, 27 years, but I noticed a difference in her about 10 years ago. And the differences start to appear when I was visiting home. And so she could put together a perfect little weekend when I come home, but I didn't necessarily see all the changes that were happening while the changes were happening. And then she visits the doctor and she got a diagnosis that said she had Parkinson-like symptoms. Mm. I said to my mom, what is Parkinson-like symptoms? You need to get out the house and go do something, get busy and get involved in some organizations. And that's kind of the way I thought because my mom was always so very active. Mm. And I think a part of that as a caregiver and, and being able to embrace this, you're not quite ready to embrace your parents' decline. Yes. And so many of those years of her decline, she wasn't ready to embrace it. I wasn't ready to embrace it. And our family members weren't ready to embrace it. Hey, she was the strong one of the family. I mean, yes. she, was, she was that really strong personality everybody knew. And she was very active in her community. So when she began to decline and... Um, just became to draw into herself, that's what made me notice some different things. And then her health just started to deteriorate and things started to change mentally for her. Or I would receive phone calls in the middle of the night and she would tell me there were people there with her. So that's mm. when I noticed things were actually changing. So I would say about five years into that journey, things really got to the point where I realized I was gonna have to take on the care of my mother. And so there was no more long distance. So coincided with my retirement, I became a full-time caregiver of my mom. Mm -hmm. And so currently that's what I've been doing for the last three to five years, three years as a sole caregiver. And then the last two years being getting support for my mom to get okay. for the caregiver journey. Okay. Okay. Yes. So tell me, um, how's it going now? Yeah, well, this is the difficult part. This is the hard part to talk about because when you talk about the decline of your mama and it's been going on for 10 years. And so right now she is at the stages of dementia that would represent some of the final stages of dementia. Um, so now when I see my mother, I don't see my mother. I see someone different. And so from a mental health standpoint as a caregiver, regardless of whether you're doing the full-time care or you're getting support of the care, being seeing your mother change and seeing your loved one change over a period of time, it does something to you. It changes you. And when you have that particular day, especially with this particular illness, Parkinson-like symptoms that turned into early onset dementia, um, you're regretting or fearing the day that you look at your mother and she doesn't know who you are. Right. Well, that has happened to me now. So, uh, but we do have our moments where I feel like she knows who I am, but we are in the, you know, the, we're deep into the dementia journey at this point. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's one of the points that I think is the most challenging is when they don't recognize who you are. Yeah. And so um, what we have to do for it to be a, 
a um, positive relationship with that experience. We have to fall in who they think we are, right? Mm -hmm. They call you sister. You just kind of have to go with it. It's still someone, they know that you're someone that they love Mm -hmm. and it may be mama. It could be, you know, any other type of relationship, but they understand this is someone who loves me and I love, and I love them. Right. And so you kind of have to go with it in order to prevent a lot of the hassle and back and forth with mom it's me don't you know she really doesn't know she's not planned she just does not know and when we keep doing that it makes it very frustrating for them and angry because they're like okay why well, don't I know who this person is I don't know who my own daughter is right yeah so we do yeah. it's so hard for us to to be in that spot but for them and for us actually we just kind of have to to go with it Yes. And that actually helped happened on my most recent visit um, mm-hmm. as they were preparing uh, my mom to come visit with me. Um, they said, your daughter's here, your daughter's here. And I heard them with her. And then I heard her yell. And then I thought, wonder what happened? And her care uh, provider came over to me and she said, um, we were telling her that her daughter was here. I said, well, what happened? She said, she said, what daughter? Mm. but it was frustrating to her because she yelled out I could hear the frustration so there's something that I do Michelle and I didn't mention this and I want to take a moment to mention this I no longer call her mama Mm. so I call her Pauline Brown because that's who she is she Pauline Brown so when I show up I say how you doing Pauline Brown and I say her name in an authoritative way because I want you to know who you are and that you represent something in elegance. And so I say it in a way that, so I say, Pauline Brown, what you doing, Pauline Brown? How you doing today? And she will answer me. She will answer me. And I tell other people, especially when my kids go to see her and they'll say, Nana, Nana. I say, call her Pauline Brown. And then she say, huh, what? So yeah. it's, wonderful thing. it's just a wonderful way. So it says to me, hmm my mama's still there yes that's awesome that's such a good idea yeah that is such a good idea yeah so can you share um your personal your personal health journey and any impact that that has had on your ability to care for your mom or your transition of how important self-care is oh wow yes so I would say if I had to label my journey as it relates to care when I first took on the care of my mom. It was just like I've done anything else in my life. Uh, I'm a type A personality. And so when I took on my mom, of course, those same behaviors and habits, it it just happens. And I remember my mom when she first transitioned here um, and she wasn't in the state that she was in now, but she said, you like projects, don't you? I'm a little project for you. And I said, no, mom, you're not a project, but I do like doing projects. I mean, I had the list set up. I had everything about the doctors and when we were going to the doctor, I was cooking food early in the week, having all the meals played out, all her favorite uh-huh. stuff. I was just doing everything for her. But guess what? I wasn't doing nothing for me. Uh-huh. And then I realized that the care of my mother, we wake up in the morning. We get done, get ready, get nice and fresh. Cause you know, you want her to feel nice and fresh and smell good and all that good stuff. And sometimes when you're trying to do that, you don't get along too well. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, moments they have, they want to be adults and independent and they don't like to be told what to do, especially not by their daughter, their child. But what I realized that I would get up in the morning and she was the first thing I did in the morning. By the time we got breakfast and I got kitchen cleaned up and got her seated in front of prices, right? Prices, right. And I sat down for a little bit 
And then family feud, oh, it was time to get up and cook lunch. And then, oh, don't forget her medication because, you know, I got to give her a medication in between time and then get her lunch, get her medication and sit her down a little bit. Try to get her to go to sleep as if she was going to take a nap or something. I don't know. You know, that was just me trying to create a schedule. And then, you know, with her frequently, I got to go to the bathroom and well, mom, the bathroom's right there. Well, where? And then now I got to take to the bathroom and mm -hmm. sit in the bathroom. And what I realized was, I was not caring for me. Hmm. Everything I did was associated with my mother and her care. And I functioned that way for at least three years. Hmm. And at first I tried to go to the gym because I tried to schedule it. But my mom was so close to me as the caregiver, she didn't want me to leave the house. Hmm. And when someone else came over, it was never successful when someone tried to what you know watch her for me so I could go to the grocery store well I forgot that I said well I'll just do Amazon Prime and order food and order everything um, through Amazon Prime and just different things that I had to do you talked about the sacrifices the sacrifices that I made to provide extraordinary care for my mother which is what I set out to do but I forgot to do the extraordinary care for myself mm -hmm. and ultimately because I wasn't doing the things that I enjoyed, which I was a very active person before, I used to do um, triathlons and half marathons. Mm. And the things that I used to do before I was no longer doing. And the truth of the matter is, um, not only did my health decline, my mental health decline, but there was a little bit of resentment that started mm. to, to well up inside of me. And I thought, wow, wait a minute. I was a, I was a single mom raised my children after divorce as a single mom and I was looking forward I had all these aspirations and dreams in my head of what I was going to do and so is this my existence mm. there's a little bit of that that comes in as well and what I learned was as much as I love my mom and I wanted to provide extraordinary care what I realized was if I could kept going that way I could potentially not be here and my mother still be here being cared yes exactly so I had to find another way. And not only that, I have two children of my own that somehow convinced me to find another way because they reminded me that I'm their mom. Right. That's right. I'm that's somebody's mom. Right. That's right. So. You know, um, that's, that's just a great, oh my God, that just covers so many issues that we all do as family caregivers. So we're so busy. We're on a schedule to keep them comfortable. So we do one thing and we prepare for the next, we prepare for the next and realize we haven't eaten or drinking anything and it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Right. And yeah. so I remember, um, you know, when, and you talk about like showering, just making sure, but you're so busy for her, you're taking care of her. Right. So, you know, got to do your own things. So th two things I remember about my dad, he was here um, visiting me for an extended period of time and I had just mowed the lawn and then I came in to try to get him up and get him ready. And so he has a history of not really being able to smell. And so I was trying to get him up and he was like, you've been outside. I was like, yes, I thought you couldn't smell. I can smell that. I was <laughs> like, okay. Let me pause and take my shower and get myself together. And so often I learned that um, if he's in the other room, he can't see me or what I'm doing. And maybe I've gotten kind of gotten him settled and I go and have breakfast. Often I try to just sit with him 
But sometimes I'll just sit there by myself and have breakfast and I'm eating. He calls me and I'll just simply say, dad, I'm eating. I'll be there shortly. He says, oh, okay. So he doesn't realize I'm eating when he calls me, but I could easily just stop and run and stop everything. But when I tell him that I'm eating, you know, your parents tell you, you need to eat well and you need to exercise. And you need, and so when we don't do that for ourselves, yep. they will remind us to do that, right? So we sometimes just have to tell them, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to go take a shower or I'm going to go eat. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You need to do that, right? But we have to express that. So we are advocates for them, but sometimes we have to be advocates for ourselves. Yes. And that yes. sense of regret, man, we don't want to build in. So we, that's why we have to pull back and explain to them, mom, I need to go to the grocery store. So I'm going to have Susie sit with you so I can just have a few minutes, okay? That's right. Um, and we just have to be honest because we don't want to get to that point of resentment. So that's right. And, and that's a healthy balance that you mentioned. Um, but part of this is um, great about what you're doing, because I didn't have I didn't have the, the support when I first started out. So I didn't think about balance. I just thought about let me do this. Great. That's what right. I yes. So great. 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 Great information. Thank you. Thank you. Um, now, your current work was a result of your journey. So can you share um, how your journey encouraged um, your current work? Yes. So my current work is in the financial arena. Um, and I think about what happened. Okay. So we just talk about the caregiving part, <laughs> the caregiving part, the financial part. When you think about the level of care that's needed and the financial resources to provide the care and you realize, oh, wait a minute, I maybe not have the money that I need to provide the level of care that's needed. And what do I do if this situation gets worse? Because according to what, you know, what I know and what I was told by the doctors, this this is not going to turn around. It's not going to go, come back the other way. So she will decline. And so you begin to think about things financially. And just like I was an A-type personality at the beginning, I did. I provided my own finances to help care for my mom. It's my mama. It's just, that's just the way it's going to be, you know, until you figure it out. At least that's the way it was for me. I did what I had to do to care for my mother because that's my mother. But what happened in the midst of that, I started thinking about other people. I have financial resources that I had put aside, whether I wanted to use them or not, I had them. Um, the other thing is I had done some things financially for my mother early on in life because her mother had Alzheimer's. Mm. And when she was early in life, I thought to myself, what if something happens to my mom? How would I financially care for her? Because I had already projected that, you know, later in life, I would be a certain amount of age by the time my kids left home. And then my mom would be a certain age. And what if this would happen to my mom? So we put some things in place that was going to help me take care of my mom. But also those things that I put in place prevented me from getting help financially because we had financial assets. Mm. So, you know, I created a movement and it's called the Fund Yourself Movement. And this movement was absolutely created because of the disparity in financial literacy. It's like those who have, don't talk to those who have not. And those who don't have, do not talk to those who have. And, you know, I was visiting um, living, assisted living facilities and things like that. And I would walk in and I would say, I was like, I wonder how they afford 
this this five six seven thousand dollars you know um right. how do they afford these costs well fortunately i was able to have some information and get some advice on how to afford it and i actually afforded my mom's care primarily bringing people into the home through life insurance and mm. that's how i was able to afford her care um, and then, of course, you know, from a, a standpoint, if you have assets, you can't make use of anything in terms of the health care field. So um, I took care of my mom as long as I could off the life insurance. And then I got assistance. So mm. what I did, I started the Fund Yourself movement and I, I found the Fund Yourself movement straight off of the, the principle of go fund me. Mm. And I saw several stories and several GoFundMe. It is what it is and it's necessary when it's necessary. And if you need help, you gotta get it the way you can. But I used to look at those GoFundMe's and I said to myself, I wonder if they knew what I knew, they could just fund themselves. Mm. And how could I get this information out there so that they can fund themselves? So I started right. the Fund Yourself movement and, and I added a little spin on it from the caretaker industry and I asked, clients if you were the one who needed care and someone had to care for you do they have the financial means to do it and what would be the level of care that you would receive what mm -hmm. is the quality of care and with those people with the people that are caring for you have to make all the sacrifices and lose balance in their lives in order to right. care for you right. and if you could do something to change it would you do it now? And that's through financial literacy, understanding the products and the financial solutions that allow you to be able to do so, so that everybody can have a quality of life, even if you are the care recipient. Mm. And I did that specifically as it relates to my children who are very successful and living their lives. And I know they would care for me and I know they would provide for me, but I certainly want to make it a little bit easier. So I've placed those financial solutions in place. And so just as I've done it for my family, I want to do it for every everybody that I can to help them as well. That is wonderful. And, it, and it's just so important to be able to do that. So I know you're going to give the information toward the end, but I'm going to ask you just to go ahead so we can give it a couple of times through the podcast. Okay. People will get in contact to find out more information about uh, having those resources. Certainly. Uh, my email address is Monica, my first name, at Fund Yourself Movement. And that's F-U-N-D, yourselfmovement.com. Mm -hmm. And my okay. phone number, do I, phone number two is 470-231-9764. Wonderful. So this has been a great start to our conversation um, and it's been just great information that we're receiving today. So we're going to take a short break. After we return, Monica will share some of her caregiving memories and share recommendations for our family caregivers um, as you take your journey. So we'll be right back. Dad, I picked up your pills, made your lunch, and your laundry is done. When you care for a loved one, you take care of everything. But are you taking care of yourself? Find free care guides at aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome back. We've been having an impactful conversation with Monica Brown. So let's jump back in. So Monica, can you share, Monica, can you share a memory during your caregiver journey that was a treasure moment for you and your mom? Absolutely. Well, I already shared about how I connect with my mom, Pauline Brown. 
She's just a regal woman to me. And so I add that regalness to her name. And you know, I'm Monica Brown. So you know, she's Pauline Brown, I'm Monica Brown. I'm so proud of it. And my business name is Monica Brown Group, okay? It's legacy, we're doing legacy here. So, okay. um, well, one of the greatest memories I have and how we connect is singing. Mm. And so my mom and I have put on little mini concerts. <laughs> and when she used to stay, she used to stay with me. We used to have days out and we would go and have those days out. And I remember we were participating in one of the adult daycare programs right around the corner from me in one of the assistant livings with like a respite type, get mm. to know the respite care before you need the respite care situation. Right. And so we would go over there and they were having a day out with mom and it was like just a, you know, talent show kind of thing. And I volunteered for us to sing. And I told my mom, I said, mom, we're going to sing. And I volunteered us to sing, you know, she thought, mm. but my mom used to sing this song all the time. It's called still got joy. Mm. Now, if any, everyone who knows my mother knows that this woman can sing now she's a church baby so she's a pastor's daughter mm -hmm. now uh, for those who've gone to church she is the one that gets the microphone and as they say turn the church up she's <laughs> one and although i can sing i'm like no, don't nobody want to hear me sing everybody want to hear my mama sing so um, this particular time, you know, my mom is, you know, just a small bodied woman. Um, I got the microphone and I started singing with her. And then I gave her the microphone. And at first, you know, I was looking at the words and she was looking at the words on the projector and reading the words and reading the words. And then I was thinking to myself, wow, her voice is no longer as strong as it was. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the regalness just showed up in her voice. And I started screaming and hollering and everybody in there started screaming and hollering. I promise you, I felt goosebumps go all over oh, me. Wow. It just all of a sudden, it seemed like something connected in her and she recognized that she was singing and the way she just would carry her voice and it just be resounding and just so regal. And I jumped up out of the seat and I started hollering and screaming. I said, daddy, daddy. <laughs> and so that is just a moment I will always treasure. Oh and my I, goodness. That... Now I sing. When I go there, I sing. That's a way for me to connect with her. Um, oh. So I'm constantly singing songs and playing her music, just playing songs oh. that she loves, and I sing them. Yeah. That is wonderful. Wow. That is such a great memory. Yeah. You know, and that's what when we try to connect and not be so busy, if you can find a favorite song or a hobby or something that they like, you know it reminds them of who they were individually. And yeah. so it kind of brings back their spirit of who they are, right? And so that's such a great example of that, you know, giving her that energy um, and empowerment by doing something she was, she, she's great at. So that was a great one. Thank you. Um, so, okay, what are two actions that you recommend our family caregivers take immediately after listening to the podcast? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the first thing I'm going to say is build a self-care regimen. Those things that you enjoy doing, if you have gotten away from those things, build a regimen of just a list. First of all, a list of the things that you enjoy doing and that you would like to do. And once you build that list, because it's, it's hard. It's hard for us to try to reconnect to ourselves because we feel like we are abandoning them. That's a real 
feeling. Yeah. Feel that. But here's one of the things that I say, if you cannot care for you, you cannot care for them. And it was a hard lesson for me to learn. And I had to learn it, learn it. So I say, build a self-care regimen of all the things that you want to do. Something as simple as what I do now, and I'm probably going to do it later this weekend, ride a bike. Mm. Just something very simple yes. and, or disconnect and do a crossword puzzle. And oftentimes when you're in the self-care journey, you're thinking about the interruptions. Like I'm really not going to have time to do this. And that's why I said, build the regimen. First list it out, the things that you want to do. And right. then start building them in and incorporating them in your day about 30 minutes at a time. So just like we talk about, we want to get them reconnected to themselves so they don't lose themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, you got to stay reconnected to yourself yes. so you don't lose yourself. Because yes. if you don't have self, then you really cannot care for them. You can't. You got And it, it sounds difficult to say, I'm going to prioritize myself. It sounds so difficult as a caregiver to say I'm going to do that, but you, it, it's a must. If you do not have opt, optimal care for yourself, and that means going to your regular doctor visits, because you can forget. Mm -hmm. I've forgotten to go to doctor visits, caring for my mom. Like, when's the last time I went to the doctor? Then you go to the doctor, they say, you know, you didn't come last year. Right. Like, I didn't come last year. So what? I didn't get my mammogram. You know, those different types of things. So you yeah. have to schedule those things out and get yourself an accountability partner. Mm. someone that will call on you and ask you are you caring for yourself here's here's what i'm saying a lot of the years that i care for my mother when people called me they would say how's your mom right no one ever asked how i was doing so you know what i flew up under the radar i knew no one was going to ask me and i just got accustomed to it mm. but then when someone finally said how are you I said, uh oh, I got to tell somebody how I am. I got to say it. I got to say it out loud. I said, you know what? I'm not okay, but it's okay. And then they said, no, it's not okay that you're not okay because we got to figure out why you're not okay and get you okay. Right. Said, okay, I like that. So get an accountability partner yes. that cares for you and cares about what you're going through, and they will be committed to the you in this journey. That's right. You can awesome. be lost. So that's what I would recommend. Okay. Wonderful. Those, that's great. That's great. So how can people, um, or what would you recommend um, as far as websites, social media, et cetera, um, to help these caregivers, maybe what they can put in their little toolbox to be successful? Yeah, this is one that I, <laughs> I just hold dear to my heart and used to help me with this all the time. The Area Agency on Aging. Because I could never get it right or pronounce it. Um, area agency on a. Did I get it right? Yes. Okay. Wonderful. I finally got it. There is so much information on this website. So your local area agency on aging was a huge resource for me when I first started out in the caregiver journey. Wasn't much information or support like you have, but um, when I first started out. All I knew was I loved my mom and it was this big giant desert of sand out there. And I saw the sand and I loved my mom and we were just gonna get the truck and come on mama, let's go. And that's how it worked for me, but it worked out. But the area of agent, area, area agency on agent, I knew if I said it too many times, I wouldn't get it, but. Right. We can just yeah. say triple A now. We can say triple A. Triple A. All yes. right. Thank you, Michelle. So you still help. 
Thank you. You're welcome. Um, another area was Senior Link. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a wonderful resource to those who are providing care for their loved ones in their home. Mm -hmm. um, I found out about Senior Link along the journey. Um, and I actually thought about Senior Link, but it's a great resource. I encourage people to look into that resource and take a look at it. Another resource for me was the On My Watch program, mm. CCSP. Um, Michelle, help me with CCSP. So, the, so the CCSP is a model waiver program that's under Medicaid. Yes. It's a yes. community yes. care service program uh -huh, that gives aids and things to the families with uh, for no cost. That's Sometimes right. it may be a, a little copay that you have to pay, but yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so based on the level of care that my mom needed, as I talked about before that financial journey and you have your assets, but they just don't last forever. And you want your loved ones to last as long as right. possible. You know, you don't want to have to make the decision between finances of your loved one's life, or you don't even want to have those thoughts. Like right. how much, how much is it going to cost me to keep caring? How long am I going to do this? I'm putting $2 together every month, even if it comes to just depends. I just remember just providing that for my mother, that cost. I remember when I had children, it was like getting diapers. It's like going to yeah. work for like every three days. It was an overwhelming cost. So just having resources that will lead you to additional resources that you can get stuff like that was helpful. And those are three that come to top of mind mm. for me. And then of course, um, the times that I connected with you through Second Wind Dreams and learning more about dementia, which is what uh, my mom went through and that's how you and I connected, but I was working with Second Wind Dreams for a while learning about dementia. So mm. that was a great resource as well. Good. That's awesome. Yeah, all of those are great. They all have websites that you can follow no matter where you live in the country or internationally. Um, those are resources that are available to everybody. Um, so can you give your contact information again, website, phone number, however people can follow up with you and, and get in touch? Yeah, absolutely. So Monica Brown and my email address is Monica at fundyourselfmovement.com, contact number 470-231-9764. And that's Monica Brown, daughter. <laughs> okay. And I well, thank you so much, um, Monica Brown, for sharing your amazing journey. And we wish blessings to you and your mom as you all move through her journey as well. Right. So thank you so much for all the information you provided us today. Absolutely. Thank you, Michelle, for the opportunity. Yes. So the Empowerment Hour is presented by Call for Caring. Our organization supports caregivers through resources like today's podcast, expos, courses, and grants. You can learn more or donate or do donate to Call for Caring at callforcaring.org. Today's episode can be heard on uptomeradio.com. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and viewed on the YouTube channel via the Call for Caring channel. We hope that today's episode of the Empowerment Hour has met our goal to educate, elevate, and empower caregivers during their caregiver journey. Thank you.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.